Man, the clinic judges the records of middling teams. LeBron asks reporters an important question but doesn't want them to answer. And the MVP odds shift away from Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm Rosa Panta. This is a clinic all-NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Oh, feeling good. Feeling great. How about you? Man, I'm feeling good too. John, how you living, my friend? Doing great. Feeling good. Kind of a hooligan, but... I'll get through it. <laughs> Sammy, how you living, my friend? I cannot complain, my friend. Doing great. Nice. Man, I have to start off with some breaking news here. Kanye West, after an interview with Alex Jones, where he said some pretty controversial things on it, he later put out a tweet. And yes, it, this does have to do with the NBA, a little bit at least. He put out a tweet that said, let's break out one last window before we get out of here. I caught this guy with Kim. Good night. And he showed like a class picture of none other than NBA superstar Chris Paul. I want your guys' reaction here. Wow, wow, wow. What do you guys think of <laughs> Kanye West's tweet? I did some investigation. Ooh. And I discovered it's actually Cliff Paul, guys. It's Cliff Paul. <laughs> it's Cliff. <laughs> so, State Farm. So, yes, exactly. Kanye, uh, get it wrong. We don't have to be worried about it. Minus the major assist from Devin Booker. Um, <laughs> there are just no words. I obviously don't buy a word of Kanye's in this day and age. But no way. If, if this was actually true, between the Clipper curse and the Kardashian curse, Chris Paul's just screwed until he's about 60. It that's, explains that's a lot of things, I think. It really does. Those bad <laughs> hamstrings for one. Do you guys have an, any other takes on this, or are we just moving on? <laughs> Look, I, I, um, we're not going to comment on the other stuff that Kanye said, obviously, because we value our we value this podcast and we value our lives, frankly. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you. But I will say this. If this is true, whether it's true or not, I hope this puts the Phoenix Suns in a downward spiral. I hope they lose 20 in a row. I'm sorry, Phoenix and listeners. I know, I'm sorry, but come on. My Lakers are, are scratching and clawing out here for a playoff spots. So any any way we can weaken the Western Conference, I'm all about. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, man. You know what? Chris Paul, you have one ring, maybe arguably the most important ring. And you might even lose that to so your... You'll be literally ringless, Chris Paul. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, dude. I'm going to ask you guys, Devin Booker, man, is this like the best assist that he's ever had or the worst? Oh, man. Or no comment. I think think we're going to just move on here. I think we're moving (laughs) on to our next topic here. We're going to get to some real basketball, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about our quarter of the season report. And I'm going to ask you guys if you buy these teams' records, as in, do you believe these records here? We're going to start with the first team here, and it's the Miami Heat, sorry, the Miami Heat sitting at 10 and 12. I do. I, I buy this record. I think that the East was very jumbled last year, and I know that this team usually finds a way to scrape wins together, but. This, this team is getting older. Lowry's not what he was. Butler's missing a lot of time left and right. If you really take a look at this roster outside of Bam, it's really not all that athletic. And it, it looks like that's starting to catch up with this team. That 
we know Riley finds a way to make these deals and keep this roster competitive, but I think this is a down year for this team. I think this is a 40-42 to 42 win team that is going to be in the play-in and will not be a top-six seed at this point. It just doesn't look like they have that magic they had last year. So Sammy's predicting play in here and you know I'm I'm kind of thinking the same thing and the big reason you already mentioned was Kyle Lowry and I heard Charles Barkley I think he was saying something like Bam Adebayo needs to go in there and score like 20 points a game or 25 points a game that's not Bam's game he does not do that he's a physical like presence inside he catches lobs he does all that stuff, but he's just not a reliable scorer, and I don't think he's ever going to be one. So outside of a trade or outside of the buyout market being really favorable to the Heat, I think they are definitely a 500 team. So I'm going to ask, um, since Samir did his prediction, I'm going to ask you two, do you think the Miami Heat um, is a playoff team, a play-in team, or they're just out? Play-in. Play-in. I agree with that play-in. I think we're all we're all sitting on the play-in bandwagon here. So I'm going to take us to our next team here. It's going to be the Brooklyn Nets, and they are sitting at 12 and 11. Woo, 12 and 11. Last year, they were predicted to win the championship. This year, we didn't know how to predict them because they're so unpredictable. Sorry to repeat what I just said, but that's just how it is. Ben Simmons just got ruled to miss the next three games for another injury and he'll be reevaluated. Their defense has improved. They're now sitting at the 19th spot for their defensive rating. But if you watch the Nets game as of recently, John, they've been having more turnovers. And do I dare say this, but we're just waiting for Kyrie or for the, another KD debacle and we don't know what's going to happen next. Ben Simmons is not playing. Um, Kyrie may not may miss a game just for who knows what and how long could can Katie play at this high level without any help? He's already made remarks with his uh, starting five, you know, so it just doesn't look good for the net. So I'm buying that they're about a 500 team right now. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to buy that, too. I don't think they're as good as people thought to begin the season, and I don't think they're going to improve that much. Maybe a few games over 500, but I think their record is indicative of how they are as a team, and they're top-heavy. They have Kevin Durant and they have Kyrie Irving, obviously, but then the next best scorer on that team is Claxton at 11, just over 11 points a game. And I'm sorry, nothing against Claxton, but if he's your third best player, you're obviously missing something there. And I think and Ben Simmons needs to be that guy. Like you guys said, he's not a scorer. He's averaging just under six rebounds or under seven rebounds and just under six assists a game. But like JJ said, he's he's plagued with injuries again. And, you know, maybe that's going to affect him mentally. And, you know, he's had his issues, but it's just going to be a setback. You have to think about those those considerations. So I am buying it. I just don't know. Like, it's just funny to me that now we may be talking about Chris Paul with all of this drama instead of Kyrie Irving. What, what does the world come to? Where, 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 what is the world? Where are we going with this, guys? Come on. Anyway, I digress. And I'll throw this question to you, June and Sammy, real quick. Maybe oh, it was a very short response. Do you think the Nets, like you said, June, about the, the previous team, are they a playoff team, non-playoff team, or a play-in team? What do you think, Sammy? I'll let you go. 
I'm gonna say plan. I think this is another plan team. Ooh. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go a little crazy here. I'm gonna say play off team. Okay. <laughs> the reason this is the reason. Okay, let me let you me state my defend, case here. Yeah, defend yourself. Defend yourself. I'm gonna state my case a little bit. Okay, all very valid points. What you guys are coming up with, Ben Simmons is slowly getting back to form. He looks way better now than he did at the beginning of the season, and that's why they're winning more games. And honestly, another person who's getting back into form is Joe Harris. That guy used to be a knockdown three-point shooter. He isn't really that right now, but he can be. So I'm saying that there's a good chance that by the end of the season, maybe they sneak into the playoffs. Fun fact, before we jump to the next team, Watanabe, yeah. is, I think he is the best three-point percentage shooter, whatever the <laughs> minimum yeah. amount of shots you can take is. But he is shooting 57.1% from downtown. Yeah, I think he's averaging like maybe six or seven three point attempts a game. So that's pretty good. Shout out to think? the Asians. Shout out. Shout out. What'd you guys think? Playoff? Playing? Playing. Out of it? Playing. Playing. Okay. So we're going to take it to our next team here the Indiana Pacers, who are sitting at 12 and 9. Sammy, what you think? <laughs> Pleasantly surprised, man. You look at this team at the start of the year, and it felt like they were they were going from a man Wemby, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Mathurin stepped in. He's been great. He is currently top one or two in the rookie of the year race, depending on what you think of Paolo's timeout with injury. Halliburton stepped up the way we thought he was going to, and you just you look at the young talent on this team, and there's a lot of it there. Jalen Smith's been playing pretty well for them. Heald is obviously not as young anymore, but he's still there and he's playing well. Miles Turner's been healthy. So I actually think that this team is going to keep this pace with the only caveat being, do they still decide they want to trade Turner and Heald? Obviously, if they do that, it changes things. But if they just decide to go for it, I mean, and I don't mean go for a title, obviously, but just go ahead and play this out. I, I fully buy this. I think this is a 45-46 win team just because they play so well off of each other. So I like it. What do you think? I fully buy this as well. Right now they're sitting like just three wins over 500 and I think they are an above 500 team. And I like everything that you just said. Can I just say that Ben Matherin, did anyone predict this? Did anyone know he was going to be this freaking good? Absolutely not. Because no. I did not. And this is exactly what a team like the Indiana Pacers need, right? They need a really decent core and they needed to hit on this draft and they really hit on the draft. and. You see it. You see it paying dividends. So I'm right. going to say they're a playoff team. And I just want to put one other thing out there too. So you said they're 12 and nine, right? They lost for the first five. Yeah. So you take that out of them clearly figuring out how to play together. And since then, what does that leave them at? 11 and uh, 11 and 11 and five, I think. Since then, and they lost right. two out of the last three. But it's because I just look at. I know every team has these, but they played three and four nights. Those are scheduling losses too. So. They just got sure. lucky and, you know, happened to hit a game winner against the Lakers in the middle of that. Sorry, John. But, uh... No, well, I was going to say, I'm not bitter or anything, but they shouldn't be 12-9. and nine. They should be 12-10. and 10. The Lakers blew a 17-point lead. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're playing this clip. This is, this clip on repeat, whatever this is. Take that off immediately. What is this? 
So Sammy, but, hey, play, yeah, I, I wanted to toss that out there too. Is they're eleven and uh, they're eleven and five in their last sixteen. So playing really good ball. Playoffs, playing out of it. What do you think, Sammy? Playoffs. JJ, John. Playoffs. I'm gonna say playoffs, man. I've playoffs. always thought the the Pacers were always good, with the exception of last year, and then they're all about selling their team now. I'm back to like being a fan. And also one thing that I think we didn't mention before we jump real quick is that Rick Carlisle is a good coach. I think he yes. just, he does a lot. He does well with what he has. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at the Mavericks winning that title, that was a clear example of it, right? That team yeah. was clearly not better than the Miami Heat, but he made it happen. And I think he was a big part of that championship. Yeah, I completely agree with you, John. We're going to take it to the West Coast now. We're gonna start with the New Orleans Pelicans at 13 and eight. I'm gonna go with John here. Okay, so the Pelicans. I am buying on this record here. I do think that they are, I think they're gonna be better than this actually. So I'm buying, but I, I think there's a lot of upside. I think they're way better than five games over 500. I mean, Zion is coming back. He's showing flashes of what he used to be. He's a lot thinner. He's a lot more in shape. Then you also have Brandon Ingram, and you have um, like CJ McCollum, and they're like they haven't all haven't even played together in a lot of games. There's been injuries here and there. I know they missed Ingram for a bit. So when they're all healthy and they're deep, they have a deep, deep team. So when they're all healthy, I think they're going to make go on a run here. And I could honestly see them being maybe the top. With the wet, the way the West is, I could see them easily being ending up in the top three this year, and I'm wow. fully on that bandwagon. And it hurts me to say this because they have the Lakers swap pick, so I'm rooting. If they get Wemby, then uh, we might as well just—I <laughs> don't know what we're gonna do, but it's gonna be there's gonna be a, a public outcry for how good the Pelicans are gonna be for the next ten years, but. I'm buying on this. I, I love it. Sammy, what do you think? I You pretty much mirrored most of what I was going to say. I am fully on board with this team. I think that they have a legit shot of finishing with the top seed out west. I even think this team could actually make the finals if they stay healthy. With They mesh so well together. And like you said, they're so deep. But they have a little bit of everything you need. They've got the experience in McCollum. They've got the young athleticism in Zion. The playmaking ability. The shot making from Ingram. And they're so deep, like you said, and they're not just deep, but they're deep at the wing, which is so important in the playoffs, especially out west between Trey Murphy, Ingram, uh, even, uh, sorry, I lost the name there, Herbert Jones, who I love as a defensive stopper on this team. They've got pieces everywhere. And the other thing that's important is they've got the contracts that if the right guy comes along, they could add to this team. Yeah. And they've got, obviously, as uh, John mentioned, they've got extra picks. So they've got all the assets to make a deal to add talent to this team, I'm fully on board. I love what I've seen from this team so far. So I think they're good for 50 wins plus uh, to finish the regular season in a possible top seed. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm I'm buying this record that well above 500 and that they'll do some damage in the playoffs and potentially make a, a big run. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely in on this team along with you guys. It sounds like everyone here thinks that they can make a championship run. So obviously we think they're going to be all in the playoffs. Um, We're going to take it to our next team here. The Golden State Warriors sitting at 500 
with 11 and 11 record. JJ, what you think? I will not buy this because I strongly believe that they're better than what their record states. And of course, my fellow podcasters here might shake their heads because they think I'm a homer, which I totally am. But objectively speaking, gentlemen, um, the Warriors within the past seven or eight games, they're ranked six in um, defense and ninth in offense. They switched a few things around that Jun has mentioned. For example, Draymond is now playing with the second unit, which is stabilizing uh, their plus and minus results. And if you were to watch the last game against the Mavericks, the starters who are by a mile way ahead of everyone in their plus and minus were the reasons that they lost that game. It was the bench unit that kept the game close against Luka. So, We'll see what the Warriors do. I still believe that they need maybe a piece to solidify the bench unit. And I'm going to say it again. I think they need to trade Wiseman before that 12 million contract comes in, which is a multiplier of eight with the Warriors luxury tax. So we'll see. Jun, what do you think? think the Warriors represent that... 500 or no. they're better man I think they're better I think they're better for sure and I, I know I might be accused of being kind of a homer as well but I'm going to say this surprise surprise <laughs> you get rid of James Wiseman who ha- literally had the worst rating in the league yeah man and all of a sudden you start winning that's not an accident nope. it's also not an accident that you give Jonathan Kaminga more minutes he starts to develop well and actually start to get chemistry. So thank you, Steve Kerr. You're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm hoping that this team um, gets kind of in the 5-6 seed and is actually in the playoffs. I think they're going to be right around there. I don't see them being a dominant like 1-2 or 3 seed. I don't know if you guys agree with this. I know the West is, you know, it's anyone's game really. But the Warriors are just kind of dropping these random games here and there because their core, or not their core, but the bench unit is so young. That's the only reason why I think they're they're barely going to sneak into the playoffs. Uh, what do you guys think? I'm in roughly the same boat. I think this is a team that's going to finish somewhere between four and six. I do think they need a trade to solidify the bench, either a big, a wing, or both. I just feel like they, they miss Gary Payton a lot, and oh, Vincenzo yeah. hasn't been able to help. And yeah. obviously, Wiseman hasn't worked out, but I'm in general here with both of you. Are you guys concerned about Jordan Poole? He's been inconsistent. He just needs to learn the hard way, right? Like, we're really inconsistent. It's it, We're asking, I think the Warriors are asking a lot of Jordan Poole, who isn't a naturally good defender. Um, the yeah. reason why he was so successful last year is because we had defenders everywhere, literally everywhere. So we could mask it. And now that we don't, um, it looks really, really bad, like really bad. It's hard to play with four future Hall of Famers and duplicate what Steph does with the bench. What's Sorry, I, I, uh, I know what you mean, but when you say it's hard to play with four future Hall of Famers, it sounds bad. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the I five know. of us can play with four future yeah, Hall yeah. of Famers. Yeah. And maybe score like seven points at least. But you know, I know what you I, mean. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. The expectation level. Yeah. Really, yeah. I know what you mean too, John. Thank you. Sorry, it just came, it just came up to me, and I was thinking, oh, <laughs> no, no, that's no, no, yeah, you're right, you're right. Sound. But John, okay. playoffs playing out of it. Playoffs. Yeah, I'm never gonna count Steph Curry up. We're gonna take it to our next team here. It's the Portland Trailblazers, Ooh. who are sitting at the exact same record as the Warriors, 11 and 11. JJ, what do you think? My my cousin over here from uh, who grew up in Portland for a bit. They started 10 and 4. Remember that? We were kind of on the hype mm-hmm. train. And then they were 11 and 9. And fellas, they have just one one game within their last five. Yep. So am I worried about the Blazers? Yes. Did we have high expectations for the Blazers though in the beginning of the year? No. So it was a pleasant surprise that they were actually 10 and 4 in the beginning of the season. Their defensive rating and offensive rating is 16 and 18. And those aren't the rankings that you need to be a playoff team. Yes, they do have Dame and Anthony Simons, but I don't think that backcourt could stop any frontcourt. And we've been saying that for years. Hopefully GP2 comes back soon and helps out with that backcourt. But I am not hopeful that they will be a strong playoff team and i'll say that they will be in the play-in or at best seventh or sixth seed no i'm gonna just say play-in i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cop out i'm gonna say play-in fun fact the blazers have not kept any team under 100 points this entire season wow so to (laughs) me yeah they, they're, they're not great defensively. They are giving up a lot of points. I know Simons is coming into, he's developing into a borderline star here. And, and he's, you know, the potential, his ceiling is high. Like he can still improve. And I like him a lot as a player. Dame is, has been injured the last few games. So when he comes back, and I think they're just going to win based on their offense. But I, I'm, I agree with JJ here. I am selling on this idea that I think they're going to be worse than a 500 team, to be honest with you. I think you're going to see a fall off. I know they started strong. I, 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 I'm getting these Washington Wizards vibes from last year where they start off super strong and then they just fell off a cliff. I could it's see the Blazers team. miss the playoffs, and I'm going to say out of the playoffs. Ooh. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I know. You know, I can't, I can't even respond right now, dude. Your, I can't your even. DeMontis Sabonis, Sammy. not DeMontis Sabonis, Arvidas Sabonis jersey can stay in the closet. <laughs> Sam, you're, you're going to have to go here. You're going to have to go uh, here. What you think? I think they're out of the playoffs too, man. Oh, my I, goodness. Uh, I'm looking what? at the top 10. And unless you think they're going to beat out Minnesota, I don't think they're staying ahead of Dallas. And then look at the rest of these teams. Tell me who they're better than. Phoenix, Denver, New Orleans, Memphis, Clippers, Kings, uh, Jazz, Warriors. Lakers, Lakers. Maybe the Jazz. And then the Lakers are still (laughs) down there roaming to steal that 10 seed. Uh, I will say another interesting part of this, too, is Jeremy Grant has had a hell of a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And his contract is up. And if they want to keep him, it's going to cost something like 30, 30 or 40 million a year. If they play their cards right, I think they played it into trading him if they do fall off a little bit and getting some real assets in return. Remember, they only had to uh, trade a one to get him from Detroit. 
So that might be a positive of this, but I just, I look at that roster. There's some pieces that we obviously like, but I just, I, they can't defend anybody. That's, it's been the problem for years, like you guys were saying. And the defenders that they need are still not on that team outside of maybe GP when he gets back. So I'm, okay. I think they're out. I'm sorry, I have to correct myself because I know I'm going to get blasted for this. They have kept two teams under 100, the Hornets and the Pelicans. I got to stop using Ask Jeeves to find my NBA stats. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this. They've been on a losing streak, and it's no surprise because Dame Lillard has been injured. Um, I think that's a big explanation. I do think that this team is better defensively than when they had, like, CJ McCollum. I also think that Jeremy Grant fits in better with Dame Lillard than any of us have ever expected. I don't think anyone thought that a Jeremy Grant year was coming, and it looks like he's that dude that actually should be next to Dame Lillard. Surprise, surprise, he needed a wing, not another guard. I'm gonna say that this team is frisky enough that they're gonna make the play-in. That's where I'm going to go with this. I know you guys don't agree, but I'm going to take us to the word from our sponsor. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. When looking, when I'm looking to get into the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Download the app now, sign up with code TVPN, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TVPN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, boys, we're going to go with our MVP pick. And, you know, two months ago into the 22-23 season, it's been kind of a crazy start, but now we start, we're starting to see teams emerge, right? And the MVP race started off with Giannis Antetokounmpo at plus 275. And now that's flip-flopped. Now we see Jason Tatum taking that at 270, plus 275 to win MVP. And I wanted to ask you guys, who, who's your guys' MVP pick? Is it Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Donovan Mitchell, Jokic, Luka Doncic, or Steph Curry. And I'm gonna call I'm gonna call someone out here. Sammy. Alright, well what I want you to do when you finish listening to this episode is go download the app, plug in that code, go bet on Jason Tano and the MVP. Because barring injury, this is over. It's over. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I will say that with some confidence because what have we always talked about with MVP? What's a big part of it? Next record. The narrative. Narrative. Yes, that's Giannis it. has his two, and he deserves them. Donovan's playing well, but that, but they've got Garland, they've got Mobley. I think they're going to end up in the five seed. <clears throat> Luca's not going to be more than a what five six seed at best. And Steph, for all of his greatness, the league has seen it for a lot of years. Tatum's coming off the Udoka scandal this offseason. Came back in. This team is eighteen and four. He's averaging over thirty a game. He's in the spotlight now. People really know him, not just in the league. He's very mainstream now. He stays healthy, and this team wins 60, 65 games, which they might. I think it's a wrap. Am I, am I overconfident here? No, you're, 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 right on, you're right on line, I think. 
but I would advise the listeners to take 99% of your bet on Tatum and then use that other 1% on, on James Harden, my pick. He's coming back from injury, baby. I mean, it's only 1%. Come on. No, but Sammy's right. I mean, he is absolutely... Ugh, I hate... Why do you guys always got to talk about the Celtics? And why you always, we always got to bring this up. You know how much I hate it. Okay. I know. Emotion. Yeah. I got I to gotta, I gotta put my, my emotions aside. But he's averaging 32 points a game. I'm rounding up. Shooting almost 50% from the field. Shooting 37% from three. Not eight rebounds a game. Almost five assists. Almost one steal. And over a block a game. These are MVP numbers. And like Sammy said, the narrative is a huge plus in his favor with everything that's been going on with Boston. And then they have the best record at 18 and four. I mean, everything is aligning and barring injury, like Sammy said, or some 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 sort of unprecedented unprecedented run, like the Bucks go on a 20 win game game win streak where you have to consider Giannis. This is pretty much locked in as it stands, barring any injury. I don't know if you guys agree, JJ. What do you think? Yeah, man. I don't know if you guys remember our pod before the season where uh, Sammy spearheaded the, the favorites, but I actually told Sammy because Tatum wasn't ranked within the top five for MVP favorites. Remember that, Sammy? I do. And I said, I did love the odds with Tatum. And here, here it is. And you know what I like about Tatum's game, fellas, is that he plays within the flow of the offense. The other MVP candidates... The ball goes through them. They're ball-dominant players, with the exception of uh, Steph. And Tatum plays defense, unlike Donovan, Jokic, and Luka. So I really like Tatum for the pick. Um, If I'm going to just add another candidate out there, um, I really like how he's playing. I don't know if he could keep this level of play for long, but I really like Luka as... The candidate to an MVP if there was another person to win it, which I don't think will happen. But if there's a slim chance someone else wins it, it's going to be Luka. Luka is right behind Oscar Robinson for triple doubles. He's reaching to a, reaching that point where he's going to have um, the highest points, assists, and rebounds as a 23-year-old. He's reaching that point and he's playing so crazy right now, but... His team's not winning. They just lost to the Pistons. And yep. they're running him to the ground because he's doing everything. He just looks tired and we're only in December. The the only way I could I would consider, and I'll let, sorry, I'll let you row to uh, chime in here, because, but I just want to reply to that, is that the only way I see Luka even having a chance of winning is if the Mavericks are a top three seed in the West. Mm-hmm. And then it was like that Westbrook season where he won MVP, where his numbers were so good, but the team was didn't have the best record. And I think that's when they'll consider it. But the Mavs need to really step up their win total for that to even be a consideration in my eyes. Bro, what do you Let, think? I, I was just gonna say, let's let's imagine that Jason Tatum isn't part of this conversation. I mean, he's, he's doing absolutely crazy things. Um, and let's say he's not in the conversation. Who, who do you guys think would win MVP if Jason Tatum wasn't on there. So I know JJ said Luka Doncic. John, who do you think? Do you think it's Luka? No, I think it's Giannis. Based on the record. Sammy. I I would agree with that. I, I also think it would be Giannis just based on record and production. You want like a really crazy dark horse? 
like that yeah. no one would talk about. AD. I want to show a little love to Deer on Fox. Oh, he, oh! He's making Sacramento look really good. He's got Sabonis playing really well with them. Do I think he's the favorite? Absolutely not. But I want to acknowledge how well that that dude has been playing, and what he's done with that squad. So I just want to throw that out there. Light the beam. Light the beam, Light Sacramento. The beam. <laughs> I like that. Oh, oh no, Sam! Look what you did. Row is busting out his third Sacramento. His next jersey out here. <laughs> Bust out, right. the, bust out the bandwagon. Let's go. We're gonna, we're gonna take this to our next topic here. I know everyone saw this. It was LeBron James. It was after the game with the Portland Trail Blazers. Reporters were asking him questions. You know, j just general basketball, basketball questions. And he ended the post, the post conference with this. He said he wanted to ask a question. He said, "I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about Jerry Jones' photo." But when the Kyrie Irving thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask questions about that. When we, when I watch Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we have been through, that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And he goes on to say that he knows everyone makes mistakes, but he's just wondering why reporters are avoiding asking LeBron James about the Jerry Jones photo, but we're so quick to talk about Kyrie Irving. Do you guys see that LeBron James has a point here? Does he has a point to bring this up? Yes and no. I think under the circumstances, so I think it's important to separate the two knowing that Yes, what Jerry Jones did is, is in my eyes, egregious. And, you know, there's obvious, it's reprehensible. But you also have to look at kind of the considerations and the, and the fa facts surrounding it, right? He was younger. I'm not excusing that type of behavior when you, whatever age you may be, but he was like a teenager, right? Or, or preteen. Yes. Uh, and this, like happened, 14, 14. this happened a long, long time ago. And now, I'm, obviously, I'm not trying to diminish the importance or the, you know, the, the, the severity of it. But those are the, it's different from what Kyrie is doing currently because it's more relevant. It's a current event, right? And so I think you have to separate those two and take that for what it is. But I do think that LeBron has a point that there is sort of a tendency for the media to rush and to talk about certain things when it kind of fits their narrative or when they feel that there are certain factors in play like race or ethnicity, you know, orientation, whatever it may be. You kind of see that there is a trend and I'm not, you know, I'm just going to, I don't want to dive too much into it. I don't want to talk politics, obviously, but I, I agree with him in a sense. But then you also have to look at the, the fact that this happened, you know, we're, we're digging up something that happened so long ago and we've all, you know, we're all human. We make mistakes and things like that, but he kind of has a point. And in my eyes overall um and i'll leave it at that i don't know what you guys think about it okay i, I love what you said i'm gonna go with another angle fellas ready if jerry jones played for the brooklyn nets was once a teammate of lebron's was linked to lebron's current team for a preseason trade do you think they would ask him about jerry jones yes that's why no one has asked you. The Kyrie thing is because you've been linked to this dude for trade, LeBron. That's the difference, homie. Do I have I a get, point? Or yeah, 
Yeah, I get what you're saying there, and I I agree in that respect too. That there's more of a direct connection between them. Yeah. It is kind of interesting though, even on the national level, the story got some attention, but not as much as you would have thought. Just like John said, this is a 60 year old story, and I completely I completely understand that aspect of it. But given who the person is that's involved. You just would have figured there would have been a little more coverage of it. To me, this felt like it got blasted through Twitter, and then after a couple days, I don't know, Elon buried it, whatever you want to call it, but all of a sudden it was gone. And it wasn't really brought up that much in public forums, unless I just missed it. So in that regard, I I understand what he's saying. It it, It does feel like certain stories just get emphasized a little more than others. And do we truly have the answer for exactly why that is? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to speak to it either way, and I don't want to speak for the media, but I just noticed that this one did not seem to get the same level of limelight that you would expect relative to the person involved. And that certainly happens a lot. I mean, if we're, if we're being objective here, you, you can you could probably take a lot of stories that have similar, I don't want to say results, but similar topics and similar controversy. And if you look at the, if you set, put them side by side, you can probably identify which ones are getting more press coverage and which ones aren't for whatever reason. But that I think that's a, a fact. Yeah, um, I just want to say one thing, and we'll reference our our guy here, which is a uh, Dave Chappelle, yeah! which is like, why is LeBron like talking about this? Because my point of view is that I don't look for athletes for their political views. It's like the Chappelle skit where people were condemning the. <laughs> we're, we're looking for political advice from Ja Rule. Where's Ja Rule? Where's Ja? Where's Ja? Where's ja? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, sorry, not sorry that. Um, sorry, LeBron, like, you're not that type of guy that I look for advice or political research, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't be looking at, for, to, at Ja Rule for political advice. You should be looking at Ja Rule for, for music festival advice in, instead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, this this is like a super sensitive topic that we're like touching on here. And I, I just want to say that LeBron James does have a point when saying that this news about Jerry Jones is sort of being buried, let's yeah. say, or being ignored or overlooked and when Kyrie does something it's like a big deal that he has to speak on it they have to ask him questions about it and I think he has a point I think he says his saying is like hey like I want to see the same energy like what Kyrie said I kind of see both sides here because it's like Kyrie Jones is also football LeBron James is basketball so I get it I get both sides here but I do think that this needs to be talked about more um anyway that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Spread the love, not hate. Thank you, fam. John, thanks for being on. Absolutely, man. Love always. Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, man. Always appreciate you. And of course, shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is a Clinic All-NBA podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.